0: yourself in a world that no longer makes sense. When you realize a man like Epstein didn't Epstein himself. When the police are defunded, but Pakistan gets a gender studies grant, you may be in The Collapse Experiment. Hello, 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 and welcome back to The Collapse Experiment. and damn do we have some news for you today holy Shamoly uh it's just uh one story after another a lot of it is linked together uh with one issue that is continuously going on over in Europe and Eurasia is, do they still use that term these days Eurasia where uh you know there's that middle ground like Russians really aren't Europeans they're they're more of the uh, the Asian uh, category. I mean, the majority of their country is, but, you know, where they have their capital. Uh, anyways, so to get started, the uh, Nord Stream 2 pipeline is down. And even though Canada tried to uh, offer the turbine that is needed in order to ...fix the pipeline, uh, keep all their repairs up to date and functioning. Uh, Russia is now saying that uh, Canada is refusing to hand over the turbine that they offered. Stating that uh, they're asking for, for documents that they are unable to obtain. Uh, they, As far as I can tell, they haven't been uh, any more clear than that. Uh Sounds like some type of bureaucratic BS. Maybe maybe they're wanting the Russians to have some type of, uh, I don't know, jabby jab paperwork in order to come and get the turbine. Or um, they want to make sure that, uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what kind of games Canada is playing. But uh, on the Canadian front, we will continue there because... Um, <laughs> They're not exactly uh, acting like some good guys either. So up there in maple syrup land, Novavax is to be approved. Uh, Canada to start digital ID for flying. They're, they're still doing the whole pandemic thing. They, they weren't given the memo. That, that boat has sailed, it's over. Uh, Fauci keeps trying to ignore that uh, memo that went out recently um uh, via the the public of the world uh where he's like Uh, we we have a new strain uh people need to put the mask back on uh preferably you should have a body condom and uh you should be fully vaccinated i even took my dog to get vaccinated oh wait that was my wife uh anyways get vaccinated the, the jab is good and um I, I I know I'm pushing like 90 years old but I still need to look for retirement so yeah Canada they're they're still doing that whole thing it's weird it's uh, I I would not be surprised at this point if Jordan Peterson came out and was like uh, uh, I'd like to be an American now <laughs> I know he was pretty pissed when uh, he got the jab just so that he could um, actually leave the country and go about uh running his his business and and uh talking to people and uh come to find out that they're putting more requirements on him just to come back into the country and he was not too happy about that but hey um what's that saying fool me once uh well he should have known better not to be fooled the first time i i understand the whole uh well, I need to leave the country, but um, that's just, (sighs) sorry, Jordan, Uh, that kind of disappointed me, a a lot of people saw that coming, I don't know how you didn't, with with everything that you know about how uh, tyrannical uh, governments work, but whatever, lesson learned. So, from Zero Hedge, we have an article here, Take the tragedy of Sri Lanka and multiply that by 10. The Fed just lobbed a financial nuke that will obliterate the global economy. Well, that's something to look forward to. Uh, Yeah, it's basically saying that the Fed keeps its policy path promises. uh, It's just going to act like a, a snowball going down a hill, turning into an avalanche. So... That's awesome. Thank you, Janet Yellen. Moving on, Biden willing to kill Iran deal to keep uh, the Iranian uh, Republican Guard on terror list. Signs a pledge with Israeli Prime Minister. Oh, no! What was what was that thing that Obama said? Uh, something about never underestimate Biden's ability to to. Um, Oh man, what was that? Screw things up? Was was that the term? No, I think he was much harsher than that. So uh, yeah, we've we've got that happening. Joe Biden's in the Middle East doesn't mean anything good's gonna come out of it. So part of Joe Biden's uh, trip to the Middle East involves uh, meeting with the Saudis, as you can recall. Um, Things didn't go over well when Joe Biden made a phone call to talk to the the Saudi royals, who in turn was like, uh, yeah, we're not going to answer the phone. Uh, Having said that, uh, I know that the Saudis have been making a lot of deals with Russia at the moment, uh, but at the same time, we're giving the Saudis a lot of weapons to kill innocent people and children uh, over in Yemen. So, I mean, if... (laughs) If they want their guns and their jets and stuff, I, I think they should be keeping phone calls. But then again, didn't they just buy a bunch of anti-aircraft, artillery, rocket systems from Russia? So so maybe Saudi Arabia is getting some better quality um, product from them. Uh, who knows? I, I don't know how things are going to go down. I just... Don't believe that they're actually going to talk to him or that he's going to come back with any good news. Uh, we already had, wasn't it, uh, France or Canada? Might have been France was telling Biden that uh, things are not looking good with Saudi Arabia, that their their numbers are down. Um, doesn't look like there's any possible way of getting more oil out of OPEC. We're in an energy crisis. Um <laughs> I have to believe at this point there is no more oil. Uh, we've surpassed peak. It's all downhill from here. And uh, that, is, that is not good for uh, the massive population that we have at the moment. Lithuania to allow rail transit of Russian goods after EU reaches compromise on Kaliningrad. That is weird. Russia turns off the natural gas to Europe, and all of a sudden the EU is like, oh, yeah, you can, you can transport your goods by rail to this weird satellite country over here that's not on your borders. Yeah, we'll allow that. <laughs> no, we're not jerks. Please turn on the gas. <laughs> Energy crisis could force the UK to keep using coal... Um, that's kind of a no brainer. A lot of other countries are authorizing certain, um, power facilities to be turned back on. Uh, I do believe that includes, oh, oh, oh wait, what, what do we have here? Germany to halt Russian coal imports next month. It's almost like Germany is sitting back going, remember the good old days when we could just pick a group of people and just throw them into a camp and uh, turn the ovens on? And, man, just the, well, we have a bunch of our own people. We have a surplus of our own people. What, what if we just did something like that again? Is, is that what they're trying to do? Because currently Germany didn't cut down on their industrial uh, uh, sectors. So they're just going through their natural gas supplies like uh, the pipeline was never shut off, which means that if they go through all their natural gas in the next two weeks that they've, they've stockpiled in the meantime, uh, there's going to be nothing for winter. And uh, Germany isn't exactly a uh, tree-filled nation and even even if you cut down every single tree in germany and used it as firewood for this coming winter that doesn't solve the problem for next year um yeah so germany to halt russian coal imports next month weird uh it's almost like they just don't want to have any power Russia and Ukraine reach breakthrough over blocked grain exports. Yeah, uh, let's see here. I I do believe if uh, some of the other articles I found are correct that the Russian-Ukraine deal is that Ukrainian farmers are selling their grain to Russia, who is putting it on the market. (laughs) That's what they've been doing. The farmers are just like, yes, please give me some money. (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, I don't see, I don't see how the, the ports or anything like that are going to be open, and it seems like Ukraine is the, the side that has actually been keeping everything closed to begin with by mining, um, their ports, putting underwater mines in so that ships can't come and go, uh, a lot of this seems to be the doing of Ukraine, so, um, Let's see here. Climate mandates imposed on Dutch farmers will ruin their livelihoods. War correspondent. Yeah, Uh, that's a no-brainer. That's why the farmers are fighting like hell. And uh, that is about it for news. So it's difficult to figure out what the heck is actually going on in Europe because uh, all the policies, all the trade embargoes, and uh, and sanctions that have been put onto Russia only hurt the countries that are imposing them. It's not hurting Russia. the The Russian ruble is stronger than it has been for a long, long time. Uh, I've seen video footage of people going to Russian supermarkets, and and it's weird. They they still have items on the shelves. There's no bread lines. Uh, nobody seems to really be hurting over in Russia. Uh, you know, when the, the ruble is strong, they have full bellies. Uh, it's, that doesn't seem to be the equation that these sanctions were supposed to have on, on Russia. Meanwhile, uh, Germany, who is the monetary powerhouse for the EU... Uh, they're looking at some serious consequences of having these sanctions. The only the only country in the EU at the moment that doesn't have their head up their butt seems to be Hungary. Uh, Hungary was opposed to cutting off the natural gas from Russia, and, and the logic behind it was if we stop buying their gas, they can't run the war, they'll leave Ukraine, yada, yada, yada. In the meantime, they don't have a Plan B, Uh, I know that Biden stepped in and said, we'll supply you with with, uh, uh, natural, uh, 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 uh." (laughs) so uh, yeah, he was stating that the United States would step in and supply them with natural gas, which considering it has to go by boat over the Atlantic Uh, it's, it's not exactly a pipeline, so, you know, there's the, uh, taking it off the the boat, in the docks, transporting it via, what, truck, train, I don't know, I don't know how you would transport natural gas, I know that they try to liquefy it, but that also makes it potentially explosive, um, if you've ever read the book called The Afghan, um, I would recommend that and check that out. Uh, very interesting. One, one boat, one of these ships that's filled with the concentrated natural gas, the liquefied version. Um, it, if something happened to that boat, it would be equivalent to the bombs that hit Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, that's how explosive this material is. Uh, it could do a lot of damage if something went wrong while, uh, transporting it. And, um, anyways, I, I would highly recommend, uh, checking that book out. It's one of those nice, uh, uh, action stories, uh, spy novels. Um, but anyways, I won't ruin it for you, but somehow one of these, uh, Uh, Freighters with natural gas being transported comes into play. And uh, anyways, uh, the United States cannot uh, make up the difference for shutting off Russian natural gas. We're not going to be able to keep Germany uh, functioning, especially when it comes to their industry. And we're not going to be able to supply enough to uh, keep their population warm over the winter. Uh, Germany is also seeing a lot of uh, repercussions from their farming policies. Uh, They are seeing food shortages in their own country. And they're starting to get some pushback from the population, as they should. Uh, I think the Germans might have learned over the last hundred years that when somebody in charge starts doing some uh, bad policies that are affecting the people not to just go along with it, that you should probably stand up and say something. Uh, I think they, they learned what happened before when you just went along with somebody's horrible policies. Uh, maybe maybe the German people aren't as compliant as they have been historically. We can only hope. So one, with, <clears throat> one website I came across recently is called the economic collapse blog you can easily find it online uh, they do have several articles uh, mostly written by somebody uh whose pen name is simply michael uh, and uh flipping through some of these articles i can tell you that they definitely have a, a good ear to the ground uh understanding of what is actually happening and, uh, I'm kind of jealous because for their blog, they actually have ads on here. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, uh, is advertising on here. Um, not really a fan of their coffee, but whatever. Um, they tend to ask questions like, who is behind the series of mysterious explosions at natural gas facilities in the United States? Russia! <sighs> Anyways, um, and then there's uh, let's see here. Now, an outbreak of the Marburg virus has begun. That mm, could be the catalyst for shutting things down just before the election. Just throwing it out there, uh, they're gonna try to shut stuff down for the election. Um, (laughs) they also might try to shut stuff down so that you don't go to the store and realize there's nothing on the shelves. Hey, just just saying, uh, if you can't leave your house, can't go shopping, you're not going to notice an empty supermarket. Um, the one interesting article that I did find is, if there is a nuclear war between the U.S. and Russia, most Americans will die by starving to death. Uh, it's a very interesting article where they talk about, you know, just uh, if they're... One of the repercussions of a nuclear war is that the supply chain doesn't function afterwards. There's no supplies going in. The people who live in the cities, whatever you have in the city at the time of uh, this event is what you have. Uh, so, you know, as, as Alex Jones uh, quite eloquently put it, I'm going to be looking at my neighbors and I'm going to be picturing hog tying him. Strapping him up to a tree. And then flaying him. I will eat that ass. I will eat that ass. <laughs> that's uh, that's what the people in the city will be uh, looking at. They'll be looking at their neighbors going, I don't like Bob. I could eat him out of hunger and anger. Yep, Bob's gone. <laughs> Bob was a jerk. Or maybe, maybe the jerks are going to be looking at everyone else going like that's a lot of sheep out there that's that's a lot of food but um uh, anyways uh a lot of people seem to think that when it comes to nuclear war that it's going to be like terminator 2 that scene where uh sarah connor's having that dream the bombs are are sent over uh, the, the mushroom clouds appear, uh, the, the flesh is burned off the bones. And, um, as we know from previous use of nuclear weapons, that more than half of the population of a city that experiences, one detonation will actually survive, uh, to the aftermath. Um, granted, a lot of them will have, uh, Severe burns, uh, dealing with radiation, and um, surprisingly, there's still quite a few survivors from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, it's, um, it's not the end of the world if something like this happens, but what we have to understand is that uh, when, when it does happen, that things will not function like they used to. This whole notion that uh, the, the city of New York put out stating that, well, if you see a mushroom cloud, seek shelter, turn on your TV, and remember to keep in touch with the authorities and do what they say. Uh, actually, you know, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. Um, this is the collapse experiment PSA for what to do during a nuclear detonation. Uh, there's a lot of things that they did not cover. For one, you should already have uh, a nice supply of food and water inside your house. Um, if you're in an apartment, you're going to want to stay away from the windows. Um, immediately fill your, your sinks and your bathtub with water so that you have a supply to live off of. Um, you're also going to want to make sure that your toilet can function because uh, you don't want that piling up in the area that you are currently stuck in due to the fallout and the radiation that could be coming in from outside. Uh, so stay away from the windows, for one. Uh, make sure you already have food and water supply in, in, your, in your house. Because you're not going to be going outside. Duct tape the windows shut so that none of that fallout is able to get into your residence. Uh, you want to have a roll of duct tape available um you serial killers out there you you already you're 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 fine um anyways so you want to do that uh if you see as my teachers put it when I was in middle school if you see a bright flash outside don't look at it and then there's that smart ass kid that's like but if you see it you've already seen it <laughs> oh the brains on children um yeah you you don't want to see that flash uh the initial flash uh if you see the mushroom cloud yes uh seek shelter um you want to keep as much distance between you and the roof as you can so if you're able to go into the basement if there is a spot that has um earth over it or concrete that's a good spot to have because the concrete and the earth will keep radiation levels to a minimum. Um, it has trouble going through something like that. Whereas if you are by a window or a, a simple wall, <clears throat> uh, you will you will still come in contact with radiation. You want to have potassium iodine tablets. Um, dosage will be on the bottle for adults and children. Uh, One dose should suffice for the amount of time that you're going to be stuck in your residence. Um, Don't bother watching uh, TV. And uh, good luck with radio because if there is a nuclear blast, there's likely no power. No power means that there's going to be no broadcast. And uh, you are on your own. Do not wait for the government. You are on your own. So you should already have a lot of this... uh, and play before this event happens. If you don't have food and water in your house, that's that's on you. Nobody's coming to save you, okay? Remember that. You are not that important. The government does not care about you, all right? This, this isn't some movie where you are the brains that are going to uh, save the world, and they have to rescue you, Uh, to put you in some isolated bomb shelter underground to restart civilization. You don't have some magic gene that the future generation needs. Um, you don't have that. Nobody cares about your lesbian dance theory college degree. That is not going to carry on civilization. So you are SOL. If that is you, nobody cares about your Russian literary degree. Um, even if you are a nuclear physicist, if you are not currently working for the government, they're not going to be seeking you out because they already have their own people. So, you are on your own. Congratulations. You are solely responsible. But on the bright side, you no longer pay taxes. So, there is that. Bust out a bottle from your from your props. Drink that in uh, celebration that... Uh, could be the end, it could be a new beginning, but hey, at least you don't have to deal with the IRS anymore. Let's hope that Russia really uh, adds the target of the IRS to, uh, to one of their destinations, but um, <laughs> odds are those people are no longer around. So uh, there is that to celebrate. Following that, so you're going to be stuck in your house for anywhere between one to two weeks as uh, you wait for the fallout to dissipate, the radiation levels to go down. And uh, after that, I, I hope that you are in an area where you can have a firearm or some type of self-defense weapon. Uh, because the people who spent the last week or two uh, in their shelters... And didn't have adequate food and water during that time are going to be looking for somebody else's. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, either you're going to have to protect what you have in, in your place. Uh, or if you're going out seeking other, other supplies in the meantime, uh, that's going to be an issue. You're going to be fighting over a limited amount of resources. And, uh, this isn't Katrina. No FEMA is going to show up. National Guard isn't going to be called because there's no power. There's no communications. Nobody's going to be organized. Uh, the likelihood of the government rebounding and, uh, somehow being organized again would still take a year or two. So, uh... You should already have your your group of people, um, the people that you can rely on. Um, you should already have that group. Um, try to make contact with them, or hopefully they're trying to make contact with you in the meantime. And um, you're going to need numbers. You're going to need to band together. Uh, you're going to need the protection of a group in order to get through the aftermath of. Something like what New York was talking about. Uh, basically, New York, with their PSA, set people up for failure. That's what New Yorkers do. They just they just want to fail at everything. If you don't happen to be in an area that is experiencing fallout, uh, there will be certain areas that are... Um, going to be out of the reach of something like that. There's speculation that when it comes to an actual nuclear altercation, that Russia would concentrate their weapons on military facilities and not large cities. Uh, That is uh, twofold. So, one, take out the military so that there's no retaliation for the strike. Two, uh, if you take out military installations, which also would take out the power grid and the the supply chain, you don't have to worry about the cities because the cities cannot function without goods and produce coming in to the city. So why waste a bomb on New York or Washington, D.C. or Chicago, especially Chicago. Chicago's already been bombed. Has has anybody noticed that? Um, Detroit. Detroit is the aftermath of what would happen during a nuclear detonation. Um, but anyways, why, why waste the bomb on any of these major cities when the problem will take care of itself? So you end up with people flooding out of the cities to look for resources. Uh, they're going to drive as far as they can, ride bikes, uh, do what needs to be done. And if you are near one of these cities, you're going to be at the front line of people seeking food, shelter, and water. Um, so if you are outside of, uh, say Chicago, if you're in Wisconsin, if you're in Indiana or Michigan, uh, anywhere near Chicago where people could readily go in a day or two out of the city in search of things that they need in order to survive, you need to prepare to either defend what you have or help the people that you can. The only issue is you can help people that you know. I suggest that you help the neighbors that you have because as long as you band together, uh, you can organize and try to uh, rebuild, make the situation better over time. However, if you start helping everybody who comes into your area, we've seen this in the last couple of years. Uh, When I was living in the city, uh, we started to be known as a, a place where if you just show up, if you're homeless, y- you pretty much have a lot of resources to take care of you. You don't have to take care of yourself. The city will do it for you. So what happens? You have other cities going, well, you know, if we just put these people on a bus or, or something and get them to that city, we don't have to deal with them anymore you end up becoming a sanctuary for for people who don't contribute i'm gonna put it that way so if you're living outside of a major city and people are flooding out looking for resources and you start handing things out uh... not only are they not going to really appreciate what you just gave them they're not going to contribute afterwards in order to uh... make sure that there's more stuff for other people later if anything, they're going to demand seconds and thirds, and they're going to be very angry when they don't get it. We know you got enough. You gave us stuff before. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's the mentality. That's what happens. That's what I saw where I was living previously. A bunch of ungrateful people who are constantly given stuff complain, <laughs> that's putting it mildly, about the things that they're given, and... Demand more later. Uh, we even had protests where the homeless population, uh, they set up an, an Occupy movement in the park across from City Hall, uh, demanding their rights as homeless people. Like, they wanted food and shelter in the city to provide all this stuff because they're, um, well, they're not contributing. Um they don't have any special skills. They they refuse to get jobs. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they they just thought that they they had these these rights that they they made up. I don't know. I don't get it. I I didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now. But apparently, just because they exist, they think that uh, they deserve a handout, even though they don't pay taxes. Um, just gonna add that there, and. Um, So that's the kind of situation that you're looking at after something like uh, a nuclear war. Uh, And yes, this article is correct that most people will end up starving. It's not going to be the bombs. It's going to be starvation that comes our way. And uh, unfortunately, it's going to be a very tough situation. Uh, A lot of people are going to want to grab that extra bag of Doritos or pull some ramen out of the cupboard next thing you know, all your stuff is gone because once they find out you have food, they want all your food. And uh, you're the one that's not eating afterwards. So um, that's something to consider, something to think about. And uh, this is all with the understanding of nobody is coming to save you. Nobody. (laughs) So uh, when everything is said and done, you are on your own. Uh, FEMA, FEMA's not coming. Homeland security, uh, is an absolute joke. Uh, they are, they, they might be the most useless organization that has ever been created by the federal government. If anybody can think of something that's even more useless, I mean, other than like, um, oh, what do they call those people in high school? Guidance counselors. If, if you, If you can think of anybody more useless than Homeland Security and Guidance Counselors, uh, post a comment, uh, go to thecollapseexperiment.com. Usually with these podcasts, I have some type of uh, poll, a question. um, And actually, that might be the question I put on here. Who is more useless? Uh, But anyways, uh, I digress. When it comes to... An event like nuclear war uh, there's a lot of good things to look forward to let's be a little optimistic here for one uh, you don't have to go to work anymore there's there's no job your job is survival so um, if you like to go camping or backpacking um, homesteading um, if you are one of those outdoorsy people you can now think of that as a permanent vacation. So um, you're just doing what you enjoy doing. On the downside, there's also the the risk of um, possibly being attacked or marauded uh, by people who want to take your stuff. So there is that. I mean, wouldn't that just add to the excitement, though? I mean, you're like, woohoo! Somebody's trying to steal my. Uh, but no, uh, it's, it's not going to be a good situation, but at the same time, you're already prepared. You, you have your chickens, your pigs, whatever. Uh, you know how to keep things going. You're feeding yourself. You're feeding your family. Hopefully, you're helping feeding your neighbors because you're going to need that community and that bond. Um, but that's one of the upsides. You no longer have to go to work. Uh, you don't have bills anymore. No. There's no more bills. There's no more social media. There's no more media. Uh, you don't have to worry about what CNN is saying about you. Uh, you don't have to worry about somebody stalking you on Facebook. Uh, that is all gone after a nuclear war. Uh, the the detox from not having social media will be rough, especially with your kids. Uh, They're not going to know what their friends in high school are are saying or or thinking about them. And um, that'll be rough for a little bit. And uh, they'll eventually set that phone aside after they realize it's never turning back on. And um, hopefully they will move on and uh, actually become functioning people. So um, there is that. There's no more mortgage. Nobody's going to going to be coming to your house wanting that mortgage payment. Wow, it's actually your house. You're there. And hey, you know what? Even a year later when uh, they do come and say, you owe us 12 months of uh, back payments. And uh, well, you can either get the shotgun like you did for everyone else who came on your property or you could just tell them, hey, squatter's rights, so you're going to have to work with me on this. <laughs> Because if they're trying to enforce old rules on you as to uh, you still owe us for this mortgage and while they're wearing some raggedy old suit to try to still look official, uh, you can say, hey, these, these squatter's rights, that, that still applies too. So you either work with us on this whole mortgage situation or <laughs> you're getting added to the compost bin like everyone else who tried to steal our stuff. Alright, so what else do we have to look forward to? Well, we already covered taxes. That's a good one. Um, Let's see here. The downside. Um, Well, on the upside, all your streaming services are no longer in existence. Um, So you're no longer wasting time on the couch watching shows that you actually don't like. Um, Hopefully you have a library at home because you're going to need books. Need a lot of books. Books on how to do stuff, books on how to fix things, uh, books for entertainment, uh, how to create the light that you now need to create on your own, how to make candles, uh, fuel sources, uh, rendering animal fat for lanterns. That's a thing. Uh, had a buddy who's trying that out for a while. Don't know how that turned out. Anyways, so here are some of the downsides of um, what happens after a nuclear blast. Well, I already talked about the roaming horde for one. Two, um, figuring out how to filter and, and get clean water. Uh, that's going to be an issue. Uh, figuring out how to grow food, how to protect that food, um, how to hunt, how to fish fishing. Fishing is actually quite easy if you know what you're doing, if you already have the equipment for it. And you want to make sure that you have extra equipment for something like that. You don't want just the the amount of hooks and sinkers and everything that you have for a season when you go fishing. You're going to want enough for probably the rest of your life. Uh, the last time I was at one of the the outlet markets. Uh, I noticed a rack filled with uh, eagle claw uh, fishing hooks and each packet was only a buck. I'm I'm pretty sure it was cheaper than if I was to go to a local Meijer or Walmart and uh, pick some things up so I grabbed a handful of those threw them in the cart because I knew eventually at some point someday either me or somebody I know would end up using these fishing hooks. Then there's figuring out how to cook without gas or electricity. Uh, I do have an outdoor wood stove. It has a chimney on it. It can be, also be used for heat if you have a certain uh, tent that it can go to. It's not designed to be installed inside a garage or house or anything like that. Uh, although I have seen some people do it, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, it's not the best stove in the world uh... i can also use that little stove to c- turn the old uh... propane uh... grill into a smoker so uh... it's not very hard you basically just run the stovepipe up into the grill you might have to cut a section of metal out uh, but for the most part you just take some uh... some wood throw it in the, the little stove. The smoke goes up as it's burning, fills the grill, whatever steaks or fish, uh, anything that you want smoked inside of there uh, can be taken care of. And hopefully the thermostat on that grill still works so that you can regulate how, how much heat, I don't know. Some people, they want to do the cold smoke where you just add the smoking flavor to whatever it is you're smoking and then you grill it on something else and it keeps that flavor. There is that. Uh, you can also use this to, to dry meat out and preserve it for, for colder periods of time, like winter. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of options when it comes to doing things like this. But again, it takes time, it takes skill and practice to learn how to do this stuff. Other issues that come along. Uh, seed saving, learning how to actually save the seeds from the things that you're growing so that you have another season. Uh, this is something you're going to have to learn. You might want to pick up at least one book on how to save seeds because, for the most part, uh, it, it can be fairly easy. Uh, but then there are certain plants where if you don't know what you're doing, you could be destroying the next generation of food that you could be growing. Uh, tomatoes are like this where you actually have to ferment the seeds for a short period of time to make sure that they germinate during the next season. Uh, I've, I've had some pushback on this. I've heard other people say, like, no, you actually don't have to do that, and you know they make their YouTube videos, and they, they show the results of, like, now, here's the fermented seed, here's the non-fermented seed. Hey, look, it grows the same plant. Um, I get that. I just, uh, from my understanding, fermenting the seeds makes it more reliable the next season that it will germinate. Uh, after all, if if it was growing in the wild and that tomato fell onto the ground, rotted, what, what's going to happen during the rotting process? Oh, All those juices and everything are going to ferment as it, it, it uh, biodegrades into the ground, feeding the seeds in the soil for the next generation of tomato. Fermentation makes a whole heck of a lot more sense than uh, the other thing. Along with cooking, you might want to pick up something like an Amish cookbook, and you're going to need tools. You're going to need kitchen tools that most people don't have. Uh, I'm talking about non-electrical, uh, tools such as maybe a, a hand grinder, not just a meat grinder, but like a hand mill. If you know how to grow grains, if you learn how to do that, you need to mill that into a flour so that you can make the bread out of it. Unless you're like a granola hippie type person and you're like, no man, I'm keeping everything natural. Um, if you like bread, you're going to need a mill. Uh, these can be a little expensive, especially the hand crank type. Um, it's a very highly durable piece of equipment um, that uh, you know not too many people make anymore. So if you're able to find one, if you're able to buy one, uh, they're probably going to be... Uh, a bit more than, like, say, an electric hand grinder that that you could also pick up. But hey, if there's no electricity, what good is that going to do you? Uh, You're also going to want other things like, um, let's see here. So you're able to make flour. That means you could also possibly make something like pasta, which is a way of preserving wheat for long periods of time once you dry the pasta out. So... If you're looking at preserving food over winter uh, you don't want to mess with the flour. Uh, maybe perhaps making bread is not your thing. You can easily turn all of that flour into pasta, save it, and it has a very long stable shelf life. This is how the Chinese civilization lasted as long as it did was that they quickly turned out, uh, figured out how to make pasta and could feed their population for extended periods of time long after certain harvests might have failed. Uh, they had different warehouses, kind of uh, buildings much like the um, the tobacco barns. If, you, if you're familiar with those, where you could hang tobacco and dry it, they did have barns like that for hanging pasta, drying it out, and then they could physically move that dry pasta somewhere else for longer storage. Um... Uh, you might want to consider something like that uh just something to think about other forms of uh, preservation you're going to want to stockpile salt unless you live in an area where you can readily get salt like uh i don't know on a east or west coast where you can actually make your own salt if you are near a salt mine, good for you. You now have a valuable resource uh, in your community. But everyone else, you're going to want to stockpile of salt, hopefully enough to where if things start moving again, uh, there's imports and empor- exports going on at some point to where you can bring more salt in. But in the meantime, if you're canning, uh, if you're hunting uh, salt, is uh, probably one of the most valuable resources you can have. Also, uh, the, the salt with iodine added to it is also another valuable resource. You need iodine in your system, and uh, that's a good way to get it. Also, at the moment, I know everything is going up in price, but salt is fairly cheap. <laughs> and uh, if you want to annoy your wife... Every time you go out to the store, buy some more salt. Uh, She'll look at it, go, don't we already have? And you just kind of nod your head and go, yes, yes, we do. And then she'll just uh, get a little huffy, go, I don't know where the hell I'm supposed to put this. And um, you just think to yourself, well, figure it out. (laughs) Because there's a good chance that salt uh, could end up saving your life. And, uh, you know, when it's only... God, what like 40 50 cents it could be a lot more than that now um anyways uh some of the places that i buy it at you can still get it for like 40 50 cents for a a small container of it uh and i'm talking like one of those um eh, it's like what one or two pounds something like that in the little spout uh you can still pick up quite a bit of those, it's more the weight that is the issue than the actual price, moving it, hauling it around. But again, uh, you want a nice stockpile of that to help preserve food for later. Uh, you also want it because uh, salt is one of those vital nutrients that your body needs, it's how you you stay hydrated. and uh, Try to get something that will add some minerals back into your system. Something else that you're gonna want. Do you enjoy coffee or tea? And I say these two for the simple reason of if you are making coffee or tea you are sterilizing the water that you have available. It's one of the reasons why people drink stuff like this. The only other third alternative, and this was very popular in Europe up until, uh, actually I think they might still do it now in certain places, Uh, where you make wine or beer and then you dilute it with the water that you want to drink, keeping the alcohol high enough to kill any type of bacteria or parasites that are in the water, but not getting you drunk. Uh, This is a trick that they've been doing for a couple hundred years now. Uh, It's a safe way to stay hydrated. It takes a lot of work, and yes, you can have a, a final product that you... Can enjoy and invite in uh, over time and trade but when it comes to safe drinking water that is one option the other option is you have your water you're able to filter it and get mo- most of the uh, the crud out of it but perhaps there's still something in there that you you don't want to be drinking so you get your tea kettle out you, you boil it, it starts whistling. Once it starts whistling, anything that's in there should be dead. That's the trick. Once it starts to bubble, get the oxidation going, uh, the water should be sterilized. Then you add that to tea or coffee, and you now have clean drinking water. The upside about tea is the uh, vitamins and minerals that are, that are in the tea leaf, the caffeine, are all beneficial to you. Caffeine is not high enough to de- de- dehydrate you over time. And it's also a stimulant, so you're able to keep going and stay alert. Um, coffee, on the other hand, also has its benefits. And I have heard some people say that if, if, um, if the coffee, even though it has caffeine, it's, it's, again, not enough to dehydrate you. But I still don't recommend drinking it all day. Uh, it is a diuretic. uh, it will make you, uh, want to flush out your system and, and lose water over time, but really you should be drinking enough throughout the day where you should be, uh, making pit stops, uh, several times a day as it is. You want to stay hydrated, you want to stay healthy, and, uh, tea and coffee are actually good ways to do that and stay safe. So that's about it. Um... Uh, Time is running out here. I'm trying to keep these episodes to uh, about an hour in length uh, if you if I missed anything which I'm sure I have and I'm sure people are gonna make comments about we well, didn't talk about this you didn't talk about that and where's the where's the black rifle uh, it's um, I'm trying to give uh, very generic information to help people survive the aftermath of a nuclear war um having said that the the time period that you are stuck indoors for a week or two try to remember <laughs> try to remember 2020 when they started the lockdowns and people were scared to leave their home Um uh, now remember that experience here's the difference you you don't have electricity you don't have Netflix what do you do that that's gonna be the big difference there you've already had that experience of being you know 14 days to flatten the curve Uh, yeah we we all know how that turned out now imagine that same situation but you don't have power you don't have communication with other people you don't have social media you don't have a working phone You don't know if the water is ever going to come back on. What you have in your house is the food that you have in your house. There's no going to the supermarket. If you are going to the supermarket, you're fighting other people for whatever is left over on the shelves because other people have gotten there before you to steal the stuff that they're hoping to have to survive the nuclear fallout. It's going to be a very boring time. You're basically sitting back... Just waiting out the clock, hoping that the radiation levels drop down to a point where you can exit your premises and go about your new life. It's the new life. The old one's not coming back. You're not going back to work in a few weeks. Uh, there's no job waiting for you. Uh, odds are uh, there's going to be new official people who are going to come out of the woodwork demanding their their <clears throat> taxes, um, for mm, what protection? I don't know. This, this is the new reality that you're going to be in. So, uh, having said that, um, you're going to need to start thinking about what you do after the fact. And you don't really know what that world's going to look like because, uh, everyone else is going to be coming out of the woodwork just like you and uh, they're all going to have their own agendas and uh, their own way of thinking on how things should should work, should be organized. There's going to be a lot of fighting, a lot of infighting, a lot of group fighting. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fighting over resources. So that's something to uh, prepare for. So, uh, having said that, remember... You are the carbon that they want to reduce. And um, these uh, poorly made PSAs on what to do after a nuclear detonation, I think are part of the equation because they're not doing anybody any good. Congratulations, New York. You, you just uh, killed the majority of your population. And uh, I, I can only speculate that might have been... the the purpose of it so keep giving out bad information and um you'll basically get what what you want Uh, yeah like who's going to come after you afterwards and be like hey remember that PSA you almost got me killed that's not happening um just more poorly put together information that doesn't help the public uh you're the carbon they want to reduce Thank you for listening to The Collapse Experiment Podcast. For more content, check out thecollapseexperiment.com where you can find the latest news articles. If you'd like to help out this podcast, check out books by Matthew Gilman on Amazon. Or you should just buy gold and silver. Just just buy gold and silver. It's, it's a better investment, and uh, you might actually have something to trade later on when the world <laughs> falls apart.